Okay, so did you figure out whatever that funky smell was in the vault? Yeah, we did, and uh, you've got a real bad issue going on down there. They got some Tabana gas leaking. We're figuring it's coming in from when the uh, Blue Ugnot group was performing and all the rocking and rolling they do and all the beating on the things and the jumping up and downs and the crowds going nuts and everything. We feel like uh, that caused some pipes to crack, a lot of Tabana. You're going to have to clear everything out. Oh, my God. You know, so... I was wondering what those Ugnots do. They they never do their job. That's the one thing I know. But now they're like cracking pipes and stuff? Well, it's the group. It's the Blue Ugnot group. They perform. Is this not your casino, sir? Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't pay attention to... Sir, there's a huge, just directly above the vault, there's a huge theater where the Blue Ugnot group, huge performers, big names, appearing now. They've been there. It's like a... They've been there for six months. Okay. And you didn't realize they were, they got the paint they beat on. They, they do all kinds of percussive stuff. You should really check it out. They got this start with the Model Nodes, in fact. Okay. See, I thought they were like workers. I didn't realize that was an act. You know, I could see where you would figure that. But the way you can tell the Blue Ugnot group, the difference between them and the Ugnots that work around here, uh-huh. the Blue Ugnot group paints their faces blue. Oh, I thought they were, see, I can never tell, because like I thought, for instance, Rodians were only green, but then there's blue ones, so I thought, well, I guess there's blue Ugnots. Well, no, see, they did this, it's a paint thing, they did it in tribute to Max Rebo, God rest his soul, pull one out for him. Oh, yeah, okay, so, um, but we're good in the vault, right? Well, you're good if you want to die. No, not We've really. We've got to clear everything out there. we got to get to some pipes. Some Tabana gas is coming in. we got to seal that mess off. Or, uh, as I understand it, Administrator Calrissian is going to be pretty upset. Um, yeah, so let's just, I guess we can get everything. We're not using the VIP room. Uh, let's just we'll just move everything out to there. And, uh, yeah, so how long do you think this is going to be? Uh, it could take at least about 12 parsecs. Oh, I look. I'm not good with math. Um, sure, just well, you you get that fixed, and then I'll have. Here's the, here's the problem right now. Look, I understand this is your establishment, your business, you're running things. That's great. The VIP room, excuse me, <clears throat> to pan a gas getting to me there. The VIP room of which you speak, that's where the Blue Ugnot group was staying. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought that's just where they took their uh, cigarette breaks. Yeah, I don't... Is uh, there someone I can talk to that knows what's going on here? Well, there was Bruce, but I accidentally froze him in Carbonite, and Nate's on vacation. All right, well, here's what you need to do, sir. Every, all this junk that's in the vault, what is, what is this? Hey, those are high-valuable collectibles. I'm sorry. I didn't realize Constable Zuvio was a high-valuable collectible. He wasn't even in the movie. He'll be worth something one day. Oh, really? Because as I understand it, he's getting triple-packed in all the waves that are coming out next. Well, because he's going to be popular. So I know two things in my life. I know Tabana gas pipes. I know collecting. And I'm going to tell you right now, this guy, you need to stick in the crane game where the two-year-olds can keep missing him. That's the only way you're ever going to make money off of him. Okay, so, well, do you want to just, like, hang out and talk about collecting instead, then? Sir, nothing would make me happier, but let me seal up this leak first. Can you hand me the mending tape?
Uh, let's see, is that this thing here? No, it's uh, that one. The one I'm pointing at. Um. Okay. This. The one I'm pointing at. Poisonous gas is going to fill this room and kill us all. Uh. This one here. <sighs> Just give it to me. Enjoy your stay, Cloud City. What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fucking Cloud. Welcome, scoundrels, to Cloud City Casino, your destination for Star Wars gaming and collecting. Um, once again, Nate is not going to be with us for this episode, but still like to thank you for visiting our fabulous podcast, Among the Clouds. And of course, I am the administrator of this facility and your host, Michael Morris. Uh, filling in for Nate, I've got a special guest, Steve Glosson. I didn't realize I was filling in for anyone. Well, I see, I just sort of say things as I go. I mean, you're you're like a guest and a host, and when, when, I mean, well, you're that's gonna, the thing. When you fill in, uh huh, responsibilities are different than when you're a guest. Well, see, I don't like I don't even have responsibilities, and I'm a host, oh. so yeah. Okay. I mean, well, it's it's whatever you want to do. All right. Well, if, ladies if you, and gentlemen, welcome to the Cloud City <laughs> Casino Podcast, where uh, things are about to fall apart and go off the rails quickly, like the proverbial crazy train. Yeah, that's every episode. Well, then they should be used to it by now. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm surprised we still have listeners. I, I guess I should say this. I, so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I tried to get you on a while back. Um, and I, I, I ignored I you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I was trying to think of a nicer way to say it. <laughs> but that's basically it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Well, I try to, because I have so many other things going on podcasting-wise, I try to really sincerely limit the guest appearances and stuff I do, you know, to one, maybe two a month. Right. And and I know that makes me sound like I'm so in demand, but it's just I have so much other stuff going on that when I have to tell my co-host, hey, can't do this because I'm going to be on some other show, they're like, then why are we even doing a show if you're going to be on other shows? That that sounds like something Derek Russell would say. So Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, no, it's Kristen. Oh, oh um, okay. No, <laughs> it's Dave Jones. It's Dave Jones. That sounds. You know what? That's fine. I'll. Uh, I'll I can handle Dave Jones. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'll tell him the, you said so. Yeah. Don't don't worry about that. I'll okay. uh, see. He's <laughs> taking care of. Um, see, I don't. I, I never know if you know. Um, like if you, you kind of get who I am or, or whatever as far as uh, oh, the I'm sorry uh, did you just throw me the do you know who I am I didn't mean for it to come out that way but <laughs> I don't want to back back off of it now so I'll say yes Steve do you know who I am <laughs> <laughs> what I meant was that I, I think sometimes you're like wait who's this guy not as in like kind of a big deal um, <laughs> but now <laughs> listen <laughs> Listen, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> right. Um, you're Michael Morris. You're the administrator of this facility. That's true. Yeah. But also, I'm the guy who uh, whose dad does the wrestling thing. Yeah, so. yeah, I know. Dave, listen, Dave's been putting you over. He's so excited that I'm on the show. Oh, okay, I, cool. I'm just doing this for him. Oh, all right. Well, now now I understand how everything works. That's but right. That's fine. I'll just, I'll just get Dave's him into like, more oh, wrestling man, shows. I, if, I, if I collected more than I do, I'd be on that show. But, man, you need to go on there because... They're great. And didn't he come up to one of your dad's shows recently? He's been to two of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's putting you guys over, man. Yeah, yeah. He seems to really be having a lot of fun. Uh, 
Dad's got uh, Russell up there, uh, Cyrus, who he's really digging on. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, he's trying to get me to come up. <clears throat> yeah, you should. Um, we'll, we'll definitely we'll put you in the front row. And I'd uh, love to. The problem is when I go to shows like that, I always huh? come away with a job. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, every every I mean I, I guess it's fair to say independent promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I've ever ended up at an indie indie show, except for one time. And even that time, I, the guy was kind of like, "Come over here and talk to the promoter," um, just because the way I'm acting and stuff, and and or either I bump into the promoter and just start having kind of a conversation. Before I know it, I'm doing ringside commentary, you know, in-house commentary, or or managing the heel or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this would probably be a little little bit of a drive for you, though. Yeah, that's true. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. why I stay away from these things. <laughs> I hear you. Um, but anyhow, yeah, uh, not to get too into wrestling. We're so, there. Yeah, I know. It's well, Cloud City Casino, your wrestling podcast. That's right. Riley's <laughs> going to be so mad. <laughs> Riley will be mad? No, he doesn't listen. Uh, okay. <laughs> if he listened, he would be mad, but. Oh, well, it'll be fine. Bethany's going to be very peaceful. Riley, listen, both of them know what happens when you have me on a show. When, when, when I'm on a show, they know. Oh, Steve's going to come in and ruin the whole thing. <laughs> One thing, though, we don't we don't do much uh, at the casino, but what we do is talk about collecting from time to time. And I know you are are quite a collector. So when did you get started with that? Let's see. Star Wars came out in seventy seven. I'm thirty nine. The first collectibles were thirty eight. So thirty eight. So thirty eight years. Okay. So all my life. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I you know I was had an older brother who was into it that caused me to get into it, and even as a toddler, you know, at like two years old, my parents were buying two of everything, and I just carried them around in a carrying case wherever I went. You know, I was for years walking around with the Darth Vader carrying case uh, with a blue snaggletooth tucked inside, just incorporating <laughs> him in my adventures. Never know. I never knew. Until like 2001, 2002, that Blue Snaggletooth was a big deal. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I was just always like, well, I wonder why there's not a... I wonder why I never saw him on the... Because I had a red Snaggletooth as well. And mm-hmm. I was always like, I wonder why I never saw him anywhere else. You know, I'd always look through the cards and be like, I don't see the old Blue Snaggletooth. I only see the red one. That's that's weird. <laughs> and uh, then years later, I would find out, oh, that was a Sears exclusive. And he is worth some money. Nice. Now, do you still have that one, or is that I long? I have ago? that one. Uh, that one got sold. Okay. What I do have is the one that my older brother had, and it is in pristine condition. Okay, excellent. So as long as he doesn't ask for it back, you're good. Oh, Michael. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to ask for it back. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, um... <laughs> I should have been more clear about that. <laughs> Huge part of my Star Wars experience, my Star Wars story, is my older brother died, passed okay. away when I was uh, when I was two. He was uh, eight. He he died of leukemia okay. uh, back in '79, and so he loved Star Wars. I inherited everything he had gotten at that point, and you know, not not to be morbid or, or dark about the situation, but he didn't get to play with his toys too much. So the, so mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that I inherited from him was in really great shape. Um, if I got it oh, when I was a little bit older, you know, which is the case with some of his star, with some of his actual figures and everything, I got his Death Star playset when I was like ten. 
Um, and so that got a little play wear on it. But um, years later, my mom would be clearing out some other stuff, and she's like, "Well, here, do you want these figures now?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll take them. I know, you know, I know some ways to preserve them and keep them around." And so she's like, "Cool." And so in this baggie were figures and uh, weapons, and then amongst the weapons was a little blue plastic rope for the Death Star, you know. Oh, and I'm wow. like, "Wow, well, this is pretty cool." So, uh, so yeah, so <laughs> I, uh, I I felt like I've told that story so much I didn't want to like you know be the bummer and so i just kept saying my brother and, th- and then you said well as long as he doesn't ask for him back and i'm i can't resist, a, resist <laughs> an opportunity to make someone feel completely uncomfortable yeah um i uh i'm glad that i've showered recently my feet don't taste quite as bad as they could <laughs> <laughs> listen all i can think right now is is that you and dave jones now do need to do a podcast of how steve glosson has made us feel terrible <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> the dissed by Steve Cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so anyhow. <laughs> now with with collecting, so you, you started collecting that uh, original uh Kenner wave. Oh yeah, heck yeah, man. I, well, so here's one thing that um I'm really into, and it seems like some people, I, I don't know, at some point I was thinking that it, they were sort of, uh, there was a stigma to it, but it, it seems like there is actually a lot of people who have uh, fondness for them, but the, the mini rigs. Yeah. Um, I think if you collected uh, collected Kenner play, I mean, look, back in the day, you weren't collecting, you were accumulating to play with. Right. You know, so if you played with Kenner toys back in the day, those mini rigs were cool because you never saw them on screen, but just the picture and just the name of what they were kind of explained what they did. And and I and there's one mini rig, the Cap Four, the CAP Four, that a lot of people referred to as Bosk's ship because in the in the picture on the box, Bosk is in use with with the mini rig. Um, and it does have a very bounty hunter feel to it, that sort of thing. But yeah, by and large, I mean these things looked like they belonged on screen with everything else. Kenner did a great job with those mini rigs, with the troop transport, of trying to make sure that these are these are ships or things that you feel like were just off screen. And um, and and so they were cool. You know, it, it was a cool thing to have because they just kind of helped fire the imagination of what was going on further that you were it was it was continuing to build the universe that you had through collecting your toys i don't know that there was ever a stigma on it i think that recently what's happened is they've been getting brought up in a lot of podcasts for some reason okay and and so i think a lot of collectors are like oh yeah i love the mini rigs i love the mini rigs i'm like well yeah we all did <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that there were, there had been a any type of stigma on them or anything. I, I was thinking but i could have totally just made that up in my head and and told myself that was a thing and said, Oh, okay. I don't know. I, who knows? <laughs> I was thinking that there was uh, s- sort of a, a stigma of it of being like, yeah, it was the way they would sell you stuff that uh, you didn't need or, you know, that wasn't actually even in the movie or something, but. Well, um, I mean, look, yeah. they had, um, they had a few things that, you know, were in the movie, like the little cannon that the snow troopers set up and shot the, <laughs> The radar dish that, you know, for lack of a better term, that fires at the walkers at one point. You know, it's only seen briefly on screen for, you know, just a second or two. But, you know, given the choice, well, do you want a mini rig or do you want an X-Wing? Well, of course I'm going to choose an X-Wing. But 
just to have these side things. Like there was one mini rig that was all about the repair and the refueling for ships. It had these. Uh, it has. It has these long rubber um, hoses that come out that you can plug into different points on it. That end in a suction cup that you can kind of stick to the body of a ship. You know, ideally. And uh, and and use those as like you're refueling the ship kind of situation. And it came with little tools, you know, so you could actually have Han and Chewie, you know, this one goes there, that one goes there kind of situation. Um, you, there was a there was there's a tank that is like a, it's up on it, it. It almost looks like two steamroller wheels. And I'm and I'm sorry that I don't know the names of all these things, but like you could literally press it down and those wheels, the back ones would go out to the back, the front ones would go out to the front, so you could make it lower or taller as, as you need to. It was spring-loaded that way. And there were some other ships, you know, some other mini-rigs and ships that got incorporated into, like, droids. Right. Um, you know, the cartoon series and that sort of thing. So, I, you know, I, I think, yeah, given the choice, do you want a TIE fighter or do you want uh, this droid transporter? Oh, well, I'll take the TIE fighter. <laughs> but... Given the option of, well, here's this, you know, we can afford to pick up. You know, this is the Star Wars toy you can get. Yeah, heck yeah. Right. It's a Star Wars toy. Right. Yeah, it's... um, Because, see, so the reason that I bring it up is, uh, even though I was... So I was born in 87, Mm -hmm. uh, but my... The babysitter where I stayed, her son was right there in that age. And so he had a lot of them. And, and he had, you know, because I was actually just looking at uh, pictures of him. He had, uh, looks like almost all of the the mini rigs. And um, I, I remember the one you were talking about, like uh, boss ships. See, I always thought in my head, it reminded me of the, uh, the probot from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, in a way, because it has those arms and everything mm-hmm. uh, that come out and the legs are kind of... Um, you know, look like just an extension of the arms. Yeah, that I could see that kind of looks like the Probot, the Cap Two, not the Cap Four, by the way. <clears throat> right. Yeah, I think uh, the it was the Int Four is from what I'm seeing here. Now that was one that I actually liked a lot because it looked like a, it basically looked like an AT uh, ATST's head. Well, it looked like, like an AT face to me. That yeah. one always did. Yeah. Yeah. So because, it's. Uh, yeah, because of the long red line across top. Then you had your. Individual shuttle, um, yeah, or I mean, not shuttle, uh, desert skiff, and you did have an individual, like, little one man shuttle that looked like the Imperial shuttle. You had the uh, the little tank that had kind of the bubble covering that you could sit, you know, sit one person down in, had two guns on the front, and it rolled along the floor. Um, what else was there? What else was there? Um, See, so there was the. Um, did you mention the one that was like the Jabba thing? Yeah, um, the sail barge. Yeah, the skiff. Yeah. yeah, that was like a, a one man skiff. But they had another. Here's the thing about the mini rigs mm-hmm. and the power of the force line. They had a couple of mini rigs, and one was kind of more of a one man skiff where you just kind of stood where the dude stood on a platform, and it had like a like a tail behind it, like a rudder, like a big red rudder behind it, mm-hmm. and then the other was. Um, a scout vehicle for the rebels. It was like an indoor scout vehicle, and you just in one man kind of stood, almost looked like you'd wear like a backpack. And again, just a big rudder on the back. But you got the idea that this thing could maneuver through the trees and all. And those are very expensive now. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, of course, anything power of the force, you know, is is considered very very expensive. But uh, but the Empire Strikes Back mini rigs are the ones that really kind of hit it big, and you know, and everybody has. 
as you get into the Jedi mini rigs, like your Int Four, I believe is is more of a Jedi based mini rig. Maybe um, that Desert Skiff, the uh, the Vintage Shuttle, the ISP Six, as it were. Um, those things are a little bit more scarce. You know, you don't you don't see as many people having those in their collection. Uh, but they all show up on eBay from time to time. I was kind of doing some some research on this, maybe probably around close to a year ago, and because I'd gotten curious. And uh, I, I, you know what? Actually, what it was, it was around when uh, they did with Rebels the um, the troop transport. Right, right. And uh, so I was like, oh, I remember that. And so I was looking into it. Well, here's another thing that I had found, and, and I really, I'd love to, if I, if I see Dave Filoni at, at like a celebration or something like that, and not this one, the next one, but um, I want to ask him, there was one that got canceled, and it looks like the Phantom, or, or I guess I say canceled, but it, uh, it never actually got produced, but it looks like the Phantom, and what it would actually do is it would latch onto the Millennium Falcon uh, in between the two little front uh, pieces there. Oh wow! And I'm I really really believe unless he tells me differently that that is where the concept of uh, the Phantom came from. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've never heard of that situation of that particular concept. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, here's a picture of it I'll, I'll shoot to you so you can at least see yeah, uh, what it looks like. But yeah, it would actually, you can see sort of in the back where it would slide in in between the front. I can't even think of what they actually are called. Yeah, uh, the front the front two pieces. Mm-hmm. The front, you know, where it, where it splits off you're talking about. Right. Um, and, it would, and then it would slide in there from the back? Yeah, so, so it wasn't exactly like the, the way, you know, the, the ghost uh, mm-hmm. or the, the phantom actually... Uh, parks in the back of the uh, the ghost, but this would have actually slid uh, mm-hmm. in the back. But it's uh, the actual cockpit faces forward, just like the Falcon cockpit. So it's not exactly the same, but it just to me, I'm like, this has to be um, like it had to be an influence because you know he used the uh, he used the troop transport for the the prisoner transport, and then he also. Uh, there's the the footage of him playing with a Tie Fighter, saying this is research. So. You know, I'm, I'm wondering how much influence the the toys had on uh, on rebels. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know. Someone even pointed out that uh, Ezra's lightsaber, that staple gun type look to it, um, mm-hmm. looks like uh, Luke's the the twelve inch Luke lightsaber, where it's got kind of the thing because you because the twelve inch Luke, the vintage twelve inch Luke, you didn't have a grip hand. He just kind of had a flat out straight hand like a Ken or a Barbie. Right. And uh and so you had to slip this thing over his hand for him to hold on to it, his lightsaber. And so someone pointed out to me when Ezra when we first saw Ezra's staple gun lightsaber that maybe this is what um where Dave Filoni got that idea from. That is fantastic. Yeah, that Oh man, see, we gotta we gotta hit him up and and find out and be like, we know your secret. I've asked Jimmy Mack at Rebel Force Radio every time they've had Dave on, be like, just slip this question in. It's a yes or no question, right? Right. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, we've got more. We need to find out if Ahsoka's dead or not. Yeah, I'm looking at this thing now, and I'm I'm seeing a picture of it actually inserted onto the Falcon. Um, 
man, that would have been cool to have. Right. <laughs> that would have altered the way I saw things completely. They also have what looks to be a prototype of one of the droid mini rigs. Not droids, but uh, PDT-8 or PDT-8, um, personal droid transport. And it was, and the one that they actually came out with is a little bit bigger, but it's got the thrusters on the side that flip up and down. Um, so that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of sad just to be like, this is stuff that, could have been. <laughs> well, and I'm looking at this micro collection back to tank scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just don't believe that this. I, I'm looking at it now. I mean, someone has a picture, and things are happening. I'm like, did I never see this? Did this never happen? Is or is this just a picture of one? Because like I've never seen the Hoth back to chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm looking at, I'm actually just found that too. So it says prototype. So. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it didn't come out because it could just be a prototype of the one that was out. But I'm not familiar with it either. Um, but that that's okay. The here thing. it is. Unmade sets included a Hoth back to tank in extension to the release Death Star to add the throne room from Return of the Jedi in Yoda's hut on Dagobah, which all made it to concept and prototype stages before being canceled. That micro collection man was something that I never really got as a kid. They were always a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. I guess my parents were afraid I'd, I'd lose the parts, but these always seem more true to the actual sets and stuff that you would see on screen than some of the other play sets they, they'd released. Not that the play sets weren't cool, and not that I didn't dig those play sets, but just um, it just seemed kind of, uh, you know, they, they always look so cool to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then a few years ago, someone actually gave me their collection and had a lot of the micro... Uh, collecting stuff in it. So, having never had any, I've started to have to do some research to kind of figure out what I'm missing and how to get everything complete and all. Right now, with um, with those, are they as heavy as I remember? The the actual miniature because weren't they like pewter or something? Yeah, they were. They were die cast. Yeah, it just seems like re- thinking back on it, like as a kid, I'm just like, this is heavy. Yeah, like if you the threw problem this- is the problem is is they you know wherever they were kept in storage for so long. The paint shipped off of so many of them. Oh. And I don't have the artistic ability to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes it's with like restoring stuff. It's kind of like, do I really want to? Because uh, I don't know. It's, I feel kind of weird about, because then I'm, I feel like I'm making it different, you know, with, with right. doing restoring. But I don't know. It's, I guess that's up to each individual person. <laughs> um. Now, with collecting over the years, I mean, did, were there ever any like gaps um, with your collecting, or did you pretty much you were you were getting stuff all the way up until now? Um, you know, I don't know. I uh, <clears throat> right at the tail end, of course, with the whole power of the force line and everything. Um, I got a couple of figures from that situation, and a couple of like I said, the mini rigs that were released. Um, you know, the Christmas and my birthday that year, but like a, lo- a large chunk of that last 17 I'm missing and just can't afford to get. So I-, I consider that a bit of a gap. And there are missing pieces in my vintage collection, of course. But <clears throat> when when it came back around in the 90s, and 95, 96, I bought a few figures here and there, but I was in college and I just couldn't afford to really collect. And I missed uh, a big chunk of that that uh 
the orange and green card wave right on through to the flashback cards, you know, before episode one and missed a ton of episode one. Like I just wasn't collecting in episode one and I didn't get back. And it wasn't because I didn't want to be. It's just because I couldn't afford to be. Right. I was just in college. I was trying to get a life start and everything. And so I didn't really dig back into collecting until right around the power of the Jedi lines started to hit. Okay. And yeah. and it was around that time, too, that I discovered eBay. And I started to kind of focus in on filling in my vintage collection and trying to fix the 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 things in my vintage collection that were broken. Um, so I would buy busted toys and use the parts from the busted toys to fix my busted toys. Okay. So I wasn't restoring or doing re- reproductions. I was just kit bashing. Basically. Right, right. <laughs> um, and, and you know, had some success with that to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few little pieces here and there that I'm still missing off some things, you know, but they're the pieces that everyone is missing. And so when you find them, you're like paying uh, 30 bucks for the gun for the top of the ATST. Yeah, that's the one I was about to. Oh, oh, for the AT. Okay, I was about to ask about the uh, chin guns for the ATAT. Oh, well, the ADAT chin guns, uh, that's a fun story. I never had an ADAT growing up. Okay. O- always wanted one, never had one. And, um, and I've told this story a million times, so I'll try to make it quick. But we were in, I was in Jacksonville, Florida with a friend down at a flea market there and a dude had a little booth set up not a booth more or less a kind of a kiosk walk-in store kind of thing tons of star wars collectibles and um and he had bought it off of another guy you know bought his whole store off the off of another guy you find out this history i mean it's flea market type history you know you get into that stuff you're getting a whole other world (laughs) and he had this ad at sitting there that he was selling for like 40 bucks and had one chin gun and i'm like yeah i'll do that man and he's like well i need i'm gonna keep the chin gun i'm like oh dude come on no one's gonna walk in your store looking specifically for a chin gun you've already said here how you hate the internet and you'll never do ebay so that's the kind of guy i was i'm like so just go ahead and sell me the chin gun too you know, it's been sitting up there with forty dollars. I said, "You just know that I know what it is, and so you're trying to make it sweet." Like it was the it was the biggest haggle I've ever done with anybody. <laughs> and um, because he ticked me off, it's right, like don't yeah. have a price tag on it and then say you're going to take part of it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I said, "I'm already buying some other stuff." He's like, "All right, all right." So he gave in. Whatever the case may be, I got it for forty or fifty bucks or whatever it was. Get it home. I'm cleaning it off because it was so dusty, man. And and as I turn it up to kind of clean up under the underside. There's something rattling around inside, and so I open it up, and I open up the battery cover where I hear the rattling coming from, and it's the other chin gun. <laughs> so, so you had both. Yeah, that's fantastic because yeah, those chin guns. Yeah, yeah that that is from what I've seen from other collectors and stuff. That's pretty much the one thing that's a, a pain to try to get, or you end up having to pay a lot to, to yeah. get. So yeah. that the rope for the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no foam intact anymore these days for any of the things that had foam on them, whether it's the, the bandolier strap carrying case or the Dagobah swamp or the, or the trash for the trash compactor on the Death Star. Um, the bomb for the Y-Wing is, okay. is another thing that a lot of folks are missing. And then the, uh, the training ball for the uh, Falcon, yeah. is that another yeah. one? That's- Which is just, it's a black bead. <laughs> it's a black bead on a string, but you also have the arm, you know, that a lot of people lost that hang that it hangs down from, off of that right. uh, little place where the landing gear goes up into the Falcon. So, yeah, man, there's there's a lot of cool little things like that that you know, mm-hmm. if you can find them or stumble across them, you know, or if someone's kept their stuff in shape and they just want you to have it, you know, it's pretty cool. But 
Uh, if you're trying to find it and to complete things, it can be a headache, man. But yeah, I guess my biggest gap is right there from, you know, 96, 97, right up until about 2001. Okay. So, so you would have, uh, would you have hopped on when they initially started redoing them and you just, well, I did. I bought a few here and there, you know, like I bought, I remember, I love the look of the three PO and the R2 on those orange cards when they first came out. Oh yeah. The Luke confused me. (laughs) <laughs> uh, in fact, every one of them confused me, except I bought Darth Vader. I liked his look. And and then whenever I had a little bit of extra money every now and again, and I saw that they did one that I liked, like Luke and his Jedi robes and that sort of thing, um, I'd pick those up. But, I mean, it was very few and far between. I wasn't back in – I was off of – like I say, it really came down to being off to college and not having the funds to collect on you know on a regular basis. Right. Right. Oh, I mean, I totally understand because that's with like I pretty much missed Clone Wars because of college, so I I understand that. Like, just I mean, that wasn't a financial thing as much as it was just being focused on other stuff and everything. And then it was toward the end, someone was saying, "I'm like, well, yeah, isn't that like a cartoon or something like that?" And I'm like, "Oh, this is really nice." So yeah, I totally get the college sort of taking over um, with that, but. Uh, you know, as far as the, I know a lot of people give the the power of the Force two line a lot of flack for for the uh, being the He Man Star Wars, but I had like I said beforehand, you know, I was playing with someone else's figures, and then I, I always wanted them for my own, but there was no way to get anything, and up until 1994 is when the Bendems come out, and I yeah. knew they were garbage, I knew right. they were trash, but it was. Star Wars that could be mine, so I got them, and then the next year they come out with those Power of the Force, and I'm like, yeah, it's great. And it's like, oh, it has a big human yeah, I never gave in to the Bendems. Now, before they were doing that, though, mm-hmm. Galoob with Micro Machines was doing Star Wars Micro Machines. Right, yeah, that came and, around. And yeah. I was totally into those. And then they started doing the playsets and stuff, and I kind of had to dip out because it's like, again, it's easier to buy a little three-pack or four-pack of vehicles that, as a senior in high school, that can sit on your, you know, dresser or something and just be kind of, well, that's neat that he has that, you know, rather than, oh, guys, I got to go check out the toy aisle. <laughs> I, I gave into some of that stuff as a, as a, as an older teenager, but once I got to college, I didn't give a duke, you know I mean? We'd right. always walk down to Toys R Us or go to Walmart and, you know, make everyone walk the uh, toy aisle with me, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I d- I'm, I'm with you too. Cause that's the way I was. Cause I was in college. I'm like, uh, I had a buddy who's like, oh, well, he's like, we got to go check the toys. And I'm like, you're a grown man. What are you doing that for? And now I'm going checking the toy aisle like every day. So. Oh yeah, it's the first place you go. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah, we got to go get something. And I was like, okay, and I'm like, well, let me check toys first. <laughs> I'm like, huh. they may have, you know, that one figure that like someone could come get it by the time we go get that thing we need. But then I we need know. Be there. It, you know what? It always just to me though. It even just the idea of, of am I going to go to the store and look? Right. Is always like, well, you never know; they may have it this time, right? And I'm and, and every time I go, it's like, no, they don't, you right. know. But at some point, they have because I've got these figures. Yeah. At some point, I've made some funds. <laughs> <laughs> you just look back and go, "How did this happen?" Right. Um, so, I mean, how are you doing your toy runs these days? Um, few and far between here lately. Uh, I have a block down from me in my little town in which I live, a, a Walmart. And if I ever go in, which is few and which is rare because I just don't like to go to our Walmart, 
of course, I'll, I'll dip back to the back and check it out. Um, if I'm making a concerted toy run effort, a lot of times it'll begin on Friday afternoon when I get off work in Douglas, Georgia, which is 30 minutes from me. I'll swing through the Kmart in town, which is, again, you have to... It, it you have to be brave <laughs> because you never know what you're going to run into in in the Kmart in that town. And then I'll bump across the street to the Walmart, and, you know. And and I have my little secret. I park at the garden center and go through. Uh, it's just quicker to go that way a lot of times. Um, and kind of see what they have. And if they're and usually both of those places are going to come up empty, but they, you know, because there's been a hit or two before at those places, I have to check. I'm compelled. Uh, and then I'll come home, 30-minute drive home, of course, from work, and then um, and then I'll grab supper, and then I begin my round. I'll drive 15 minutes, 60 minutes up the road to a town called Baxley, Georgia, check out their Walmart, where I usually have some pretty good success. They're pretty good about keeping the rotation going. And then I'll drive another 30 minutes up the highway to Vidalia, Georgia, um, to a Walmart there, uh, because there's not a target within two hours. Right. So it's always going to be the Walmart situation, and then I'll and then I'll come home, and that's usually on a Friday when I do my toy hunting. If I do any toy hunting, okay. Um, otherwise, it's all online. <laughs> so um, unless yours are different, I know around here um, in the so your southern part of Georgia, I'm more uh, up above Atlanta, um, so I don't know if they would be exactly the same or not, but I know. All of the WalMarts around here, apparently, according to them, restock on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. So, um, might might check on Wednesday if you get the chance and see if yeah. that uh, if that works better for you. But yeah, that's that's the main thing is just at this point, it's knowing exactly okay when do we do restocks, what time do we do restocks, you know, and stuff like that to try to hunt it down. Like I just I don't ever remember. It being this hard to to find stuff. Well, if you, I mean, if you were collecting the vintage collection, yeah, it was okay. The not, and I don't mean the old Kenner vintage collection. I mean right, the Hasbro the, vintage. Yeah, series. the twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. Line? If you were collecting that stuff, I, Dengar swung on pegs around here forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was the first wave. And three years later, there's Dengar. Right. And. And there's a huge chunk of that that I'm missing, not because I dipped out, but I mean, it's just, I'm missing some of those figures because they were never able to be found. Um, and I don't know if it's just my area. I don't know if it's, you know, the backwooded nature of it where people are like, oh, no one wants this Star Wars yeah. <laughs> but even when I'd go other places, it was just like the same, it seemed like everywhere I'd go in the country, the same figures were swinging on the pegs. Right. It, and I have to, you know, attribute that, that's Hasbro's fault. Right. You know that that's Hasbro's fault for not meeting the demand of of the consumer. I I am a person who I refuse to pay scalper prices. Oh yeah, me too. Um, and 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 if I and and it bothers me that there are people who pay scalper prices because the idea is if we don't pay it, they won't charge it. Yeah, exactly. And then if they don't charge it, they won't pick them up themselves, and then it'll be there for us. Right. Exactly. And it'll be there for everyone. But these people who buy a figure and within 30 minutes have it, just because they happen to find a Black Series Ahsoka, you know, a few weeks early, and they're going to sell it for 100 bucks, and someone buys it. Like, you haven't even given a chance to hit shelves yet. I will say this. The Black Series figures are, uh, the, the six-inch Black Series figures, are a set that have made the rounds pretty well to my area. 
that I can generally, you know, what I've found is I can generally wait until they hit the shelves because they will eventually hit the shelves here. And, and I'll be able to find them. Um, it's all the three and three quarter stuff that just, I can't get a handle on how it works. Right. You know? uh, and, and quite frankly, if I'm Hasbro right now, I'm mad as fire at Disney and J.J. Abrams and whoever else for not letting us really put our best foot forward with an initial release uh, back at Force Friday of Han Solo, Chewbacca, Ray, Finn, Poe. Not that we had to know who Ray, Finn, and Poe were, but even Leia. You know, have a Leia in there. And if you wanted to hold Luke back, fine. But there should be an old man Luke on the pegs by now. Right. Yeah. And I just I feel that. like that what we've been getting, Sarko Plank, Uncar Plutt, uh, you know, this Stormtrooper, that Stormtrooper. There, I mean, Hasbro has gone back to the Stormtrooper well, realizing, oh, we can do this 50,000 different ways. Um, and, and there's all this stuff that's hitting these shelves that it's just like, and, and don't even get me started on the armored up stuff versus just the regular figures, <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. You know, PZ4CO, what the... You know, the Hask triplet guy, Tasu Leach. It's great that Tasu Leach has an action figure. But why in the world are we getting a Tasu Leach action figure before we have Old Man Luke or Leia from The Force Awakens? It's ridiculous. Tell that to Concha Club. Well, I am. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, I, and I think about that not just for myself, but also for the kids. And the fact that BB-8 comes with... The two thugs on the two pack or on the three pack deal, or on the Millennium Falcon that no one can afford to buy or want to buy because it's a glorified Nerf gun. <laughs> you know, wow. kids' favorite character from yes. that movie is BB 8, Ray, or Finn. I've talked to one kid who liked Poe, but all the kids I talked to, so it's like give these kids a chance to get these characters that they like and play with. Those are the figures that should be swinging from the pegs. Those should Ray should be a peg warmer. Right. Finn should be more of a peg warmer than he is. Poe should be a peg warmer. Constable Zuvio should not be a peg warmer. And if I'm Hasbro, the minute as, as a representative of this company that I have the opportunity to see The Force Awakens and see that this character that we released in the first wave is not in the movie, I'm like, pull them all. Yeah. Do not produce anymore. Do not pack anymore. We'll find a landfill or we'll melt them down and use them for plastic for something else. But do not put any more Constable Zuvios out there. But what are they doing? They're still coming in wave after wave after wave after wave. And it's just like, stop it. Right. Just stop it. You know, you have the power to do this, Hasbro. And if I'm them, I'm ticked at Disney. I'm ticked at J.J. Abrams for not allowing us to more freely and forcefully come out with um, just a ton of the main character figures because of their desire to be so secretive about this movie, you know, that there was no good balance. But then after the fact, after it's released, I just look and I'm like, why in God's green earth do I not have, you know, have I had such a hard time finding an old man Han Solo to have on my shelf? Why did I have a hard time finding Finn as a stormtrooper? Why am I having such a hard time? And this is the stuff, I'm sorry to come on your show and get fired up, Mike. No, 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 that's fine. Yeah. But this is this is the stuff that gets me fired up. This yeah. is the stuff that gets me just kind of ticked off. Mm -hmm. And you know, it because gone are the days when they had to rely on just the collectors. There was a period of time where kids weren't necessarily buying Star Wars, and you had to rely on characters. So you were putting out that Power of the Jedi line is a glorious line. 
just before the attack of the clones. Right. It has Boshek. It has uh, basically Snaggletooth done up better than he's ever been done before. It had very few of your legacy main characters, but that's where we got the Emperor's Wrath Darth Vader and the Dagobah Spirit Vader, you know, Force Vision Vader. And we got uh, FX7, this great FX7 figure that just captures my imagination every time I look at it. We got all these great figures in that line. And, and it sustained itself because collectors were buying them up because collectors were on the, and, and it was it was figures that were made it seemed like specifically for collectors. Well now guess what? We're in a different era. We've got main characters, we've got movies coming out. Boom, boom, boom. Every year there's new movies coming out. And there are characters that the kids are going to want to play with. And Hasbro is doing children a disservice by these characters not swinging on the pegs. And if it's a bunch of scalpers just picking them up and trying to sell them for more, then sh- shame on them. Right. And shame on collectors for paying those prices. You know, I, I I mean it with all of my heart that I've even told people who they start looking for stuff like, oh, I found this on eBay. I'll pick it up for you. I'm like, no, what are you paying for it? It was when uh, I couldn't find a Captain, a six-inch Black Series Captain Phasma for the longest time. And uh, and I had a friend who was about to pay 50 bucks for one. I'm like, don't you dare pay $50. Yeah. You know, I'm like, 21 is the highest I'll go on that because that's the closest to retail. Right. And And so it's just like, don't you dare pay more than retail. For these things, because it's just not, I'm not going to feed into that system. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who do feed in that system. And I don't know where those people are to connect with them and tell them, stop it. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know who's doing it either. Like, I, I don't, I think what it is, is they know what they're doing is bad and they're ashamed, so they don't talk about it. So, well, so are you I, confessing right now? No, that's not me. I don't, uh, I, I, I don't even know how we got on this, this topic, and I apologize. <laughs> we were talking about how hard it is to find figures today. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I'm, I'm with you, and, and that's so you don't have to feel bad, because the, the two things, like, I feel like that we're really positive on here, at least I am. Sometimes uh, Nate isn't as much, but that's okay. Um, I'm usually pretty positive, but I spare, you know, no expense to... Um, you know, I don't waste any opportunity to bash on Hasbro if they deserve it or Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Those are the two places that I. Well, uh, I try not to bash, I but I try to be very honest. Right, right. About about stuff and like I've not yeah. been. I've heard people just really be negative about the figures themselves, and and I can't be negative about the figures that I've seen. Right. Um. I thought the figures have been really good. Um. You know, there's a pain app here or there that's not the greatest, but by and large, they can't seem to sculpt Poe Dameron's face very well. <laughs> Oscar Isaac must have a hard face to sculpt. I'm no well, artist, but well, Luke I don't, I don't have a Poe Dameron that looks like Poe Dameron. Here's the weird thing. The smaller figures, to me, look better than the, the Black Series. The, the Black Series, he looks like a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he it's does. pretty rough. He really does. He really does. <laughs> but, um... And and I don't know about this nine um in in the in the Force Awakens. I need someone to come out and say this isn't the nine numb from Return of the Jedi because he doesn't look. I don't know how Celestin's age, but I'm telling you, I guess they just get pink with age because yeah. I, I just compare the two and I'm like, oh, he looks horrible. But um, maybe maybe Celestin's if they see like old people, they're like, really? Like, what's this white hair? Yeah. Like, he didn't have white hair the last time I saw him. Humans age weird. Yeah, that and that very well could be the case. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to give him a pass. On. <laughs> but uh, but you know, but no, like um, 
Like and like the Akbar figure is a cool looking figure, and it's great because he's got a little punch. I wouldn't you know. know. He's, he's a little fatter. Here. Yeah. It's oh you did you say you hadn't found him? He's not been around here. Really? Yeah. I was fortunate enough to find him on the shelves around here, and now and now, let's see. He's not really swinging. I'll go do a look a look around and see if I can find one for you. Uh, it's not a big. I actually may have a, a setup now to where I I'm hoping that if all of this works out, I don't have to go toy hunting anymore, which would be fantastic. But, well, I, but devil, did you make a deal with sir? Well, my daddy runs a wrestling. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> he um where he gets his merchandise from. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they also can get a hold of Star Wars figures, so they're supposed to be able to to get all that stuff for me. So I'm well, and there's some good places like Amazon. Yeah. If they ever have anything in stock, they're right. good about getting stuff from. Uh, Dorkside Toys is okay, except the problem with Dorkside is you have to pre-order everything. Yeah, and usually you have to buy the lot. Like, it's like, oh, I want Ahsoka. Well, if you want Ahsoka, you have to buy her with the old Han, which you finally found, uh, and then also the the Kanan and the Luke, which that's cool. I want those. And yeah. then two s- snowtroopers. I'm like, I don't want the snowtroopers. I don't need any more snowtroopers. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not army building with my, right. uh, with my deal. But like this Resistance Ray, this Ray and her Resistance outfit right now, Amazon.com, $33.50. Yeah. Those- $33.50. Why would anyone pay for that? You know, I don't know why she's taking so long to get to the pegs. Right. Or, you know, or if maybe she's come and gone. But it's ridiculous. The Kylo Ren without a mask on. Yeah. Twenty two seventy five right now. Don't know why he's being so hard to find, you know. But but I'm not going to pay $22 for him. And if I miss out on him, then I miss out on him. Yeah. And he's well, like 90%. The figure you already have, anyway. So yeah, but you gotta have that mask on. I know. See, I I want that one just so that because I, I picked up an extra the the Walmart exclusive because I do like to those I keep in the packaging because I well, I'll mention that in a minute but um I just want that one so I can pop his head on the uh, the Walmart exclusive three and three quarters one so then I can have him the black series one yeah. Yeah, I like that one, by the way. Yeah. I like those little three and three quarter inch black series. I mean, they're made like basically the vintage collection. I found a ray the other day, and it freaked me out because I thought the head covering that comes with her was just a head covering. No, you pop the whole head off. And yeah, it it's a little head. morbid to. Yeah, actually it's kind of made me kind of freak me out. <laughs> I killed Daisy Ridley. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I just leave that to the side and I have her posed where she's she she kind of looks like she did when she. Uh, was uh, questioning Finn when she had his her staff in his face. So that's mm-hmm. what she looks like on that's on cool. my shelf now. But see, and that's why I like those because I I used to just do, when I got back in it, I only wanted to do in the box collecting. Mm-hmm. But then I started to do the out of the box collecting. But the the well, I do both essentially. But if if it were like the vintage collection, I would have to leave everything in the box, and then or I'd end up getting two. Uh, but with the black series, I don't feel bad about you know cracking those open, and especially with the way you know some of them are, are boxed. You can just slit the little thing yeah, in the back if, and pull if, them out. With the black series, if you're careful, you can you can keep the box well intact and pack them back in there later if you want to. Right. Um, I kind of go by how it displays. I have opened every single Force Awakens line figure that I've gotten, um, and I've just become an opener again. I like having them open. They're easier to store once you. You know, once you need to take them down, you can go buy you a couple little tackle boxes at the store and store them that way. 
Um, and, uh, you know, some of those trays that they have, you know, those tackle box trays. Right. That's how I keep mine mostly is okay. in those if I'm, if I'm storing them away. So the, so it's more compact storage. And I mean, they're just, I don't know. I, I liked the cards, the Force Awakens cards when I saw them in real life. Mm hmm. But I didn't like them enough to try to find more ways to display cards on the wall. Yeah, I've got yeah. my vintage collection because I just love that old look of those old figures. You know, right. it just makes me feel good to see them. <laughs> and so I've got those on the wall. But uh, everything else, I just open and and display. Yeah, yeah. It's I because I'm like I really uh, you know I have. I'm really into comics and stuff and, and going to conventions and getting art and everything. So seeing so many people are like, oh, they should have done it like the vintage collection. I'm like, how long can you milk that? You know, like I like the vintage collection too, but everybody wants everything to be the vintage collection. And well, here's the thing. It worked for how long for, ha for Kenner? They never changed their style of card back with Kenner other than changing the name that was at the top. Right. Um, you know, for each movie. It, so mm -hmm. it worked from 78 right on through to, you know, 84. You know, and then they changed it for the Force, uh, the Power of the Force line. They right. changed up a little bit. But I just look at it, and, it, and it is classy because you have, you know, you've got the photographs of the people or, you know, or in some cases an artist's rendering of what they'd look like in real life would like the Ahsoka on the vintage card. Right. And it just, to me, it's a classier look. When I look at those Force Awakens card backs, I'm like, this looks, it just, and and I know I'm biased, and this is one of those <laughs> things where I've just got, I, I've got biased, but I go back and I look at those 90s card backs, you know, and it's like, oh, there's an orange streak across the back, or a green streak, and there's Vader up in the top. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was just nothing ever, even the, you know, God, the the Revenge of the Sith style of, thank god they got away from all that. Uh, it, yeah, I'm with you, because it's, well, they, they continued doing it similarly for a while, but yeah, yeah, I agree. The that I remember that was I kind of got back into collecting at that point because mm -hmm. um, I'm like, oh, they're finally going to make stuff. It's going to be closer to like what the Star Wars that I really got hooked into, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to buy the C3PO and the Darth Vader from it and everything. And then I remember just being like, this card is so ugly. It was terrible. <laughs> it was a horrible looking card, and and for some, and I don't know. I mean, we live in the ADD age where. Everyone feels like they have to rebrand everything and make it look so different so many times. But what happens is you end up, I feel like, with market confusion. Okay. You know, and so, so if you if you're changing up every year the way that your card backs look on your Star Wars stuff, um, you're you're just like, oh, so this is another, and I and you know, some of it's just to sucker people into buying the same Luke Skywalker figure again. <laughs> yeah. Luke Skywalker exclusive Walmart figure is uh the Luke from the deleted scene vintage line. Right. You right. know, and it's just like why am I buying this? Um you know, so I mean there, there there's a lot of repacking going on here and there and I don't know, I just I I like the look of those old school cards and I and it was so cool to get a Tarkin on a vintage card for the first time, you know, cuz he was inexplicably left out of the right. original Kenner collection and um you know, it was just cool to see, and even some of the cards that we'd had, you know, that, that had been on Vintage before, um, to see those cards again was just, for, you know, for an old fart like me, very, very meaningful and very special. 
And and I don't know. I'd love to see. I've got Justin Seeley from Collector's Galaxy. I'll plug him. Um, <laughs> he sent me a ray that he did on a vintage card, and it looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen some of those. I really... I mean, I do like them. Don't get me wrong. I, I really do like them. I just don't understand the everybody being so upset about these. Because, like I said, I like the the artwork on them. I don't necessarily like those build a weapon things that make no sense in the packaging. Little but, Star Wars Voltron pieces. Oh, they're the worst. <laughs> they're so bad. Like, well, explain to me this. Like, mm-hmm. there was one figure that came with one of those figures. Not, I, I don't have my my stuff here right now, but um. The, the little pieces here in front of me. But there's some of these figures that come with a big old chunk of those mini weapons. Right. Right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> and then you get the armored up figure, which all just come with basically a helmet. Yeah, yeah. Like a helmet and a chest piece. <laughs> and you're paying 12 bucks, and there's yeah. no difference in the quality of the figure? It's The pack-in is just as big as some of the pack-ins on these other build a weapon things it's really terrible it's it's so bad and the thing is like there's like there's a couple of them that i do want because for instance i got the um i got the toys r us exclusive um the tie fighter that special forces tie fighter so it comes with it it is like a little uh it's got some sand on it right uh, right, like some weathering but its pilot came with the red stripes so of course that's a two pilot um ship so of course i want to get a second uh tie fighter pilot but i'm not going to get the one without the stripes i need to get one with the red stripes so i'm like all right i guess i'm gonna get that stupid armor up one. Oh, is the is the armor up tie pilot has he got the red stripe yes yep i know that yeah so like that's one that i would actually get i actually do like the poe i would actually pop the helmet off of the uh the stupid little chest piece for him mm. um and then i actually like I, you mean the you mean the nineteen eighties cartoon Centurion Poe? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're the only. I'm, I mean, which I guess it kind of makes sense. But I was trying to talk about Centurion the other day, and no one had any idea what I was talking about. <laughs> when I was when I was <laughs> opening that mess up, because I did buy him. I bought him because he. I bought him because he was the only Poe you could get that the helmet came off for a little bit. Right. Um. And so, so I got him for that reason. And when I put that on, I'm like, gosh, this looks like the Centurions. <laughs> That's so from funny. back in the day, yeah. and, I, and so my on my Instagram, that's what I that's what I inst- that's what I grammed out to everybody. Oh man, see stuff like that is so lost, and you know, like I said, I'm not. That was a little before my time, but because of um, in my babysitter, all of that stuff I played with, you know, the uh, that some of the GI Joe stuff from beforehand and everything. But yeah, I remember those guys because there was a blue one, a yellow one, and green. Yeah, green one, right? It was orange, blue, and green, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I remember they had like, wasn't it like one was ground and one was air? I don't know. This That's not Star Wars. I'll, I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, they're dumb. And I, I actually really like, um, I don't like Kylo with a hood up. I think he looks way cooler with his hood down. So that was uh, a thing with the, the scuba Kylo. I don't really care for his little apparatus there but the actual being able to get just the helmet you don't skull. like the hood up i'm not as big a fan of it it's See, uh, i don't like the hood down yeah it's and that seems to be what most people most people for that but oh, see Lord, here's the thing like most people pretty much yeah pretty much um 
anything and uh, like I've Bruce who was the co-host before he said oh you're contrary I'm like I'm not contrary like I genuinely like things that are just different like whatever the other thing people are like oh I like this and I'm like oh I like the other one They're like well you're weird and I'm like well I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what you want me to do so I mean it's not everything like I like I really like Kit Fisto from the original series everyone or original series from the uh, um Attack of the Clones, and you know a lot of people really like him. So I do like popular things from Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is popular, and I like that. Isn't that enough? But apparently, right. no, it's not. I'm supposed to like Han Solo like everyone else. I don't get it. It's fine, man. You do you, boo. <laughs> Isn't that what they say? I think some people say that or did at one time. I don't know. I um, I get behind. Like I didn't even know the um, the Taylor Swift song. Until like a year after it'd come out, and I'm like, "Hey guys, I heard this," and they're like, "Yeah, that's last year." I'm like, "What? What okay. song would that be?" The uh, "Shake It Off." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I just like last month. I just discovered um, Adele. Oh well, yeah. welcome. Yeah, and I was like, "Why didn't anyone ever tell me that Adele was fantastic?" <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, I think they tried. They probably did, but I was like, yeah, whatever, Star Wars. Have you seen this BB-8? He's fantastic. So <laughs> I tend to have a one-track mind. got nothing on BB-8. Did you see him give that thumbs up? That was great. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she's got a, she's got a great vocal range, but uh, where's, her, where's her lighter thumbs up? Not interested. Um, yeah, I, I, this is Poe Dameron, the Armored Up version. Not a fan of the price point, but I like the figure in his Centurions-type armor. Remember Centurions? <laughs> I do. So, uh, and then someone commented on that and said, "This just proves we could get a new mask line." Oh my God, mask! Now you're bringing everything up, and I, which I have heard you talk on on goal about mask, mm -hmm. but uh, that was something else that I played with. That like I don't even think the show was on. It was a show, right? Not just yeah, it was a cartoon. Yeah. yeah. So see, I don't think it was on when I was playing with the toys, but I knew the toys because uh, I remember they'll see there was like a purple. Um, kind of like a Chevy Bel Air. And that's actually the only one I really... seems like there was a red... I guess I don't know cars enough to know what a Chevy Bel Air would be. Just like 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 the 50 Chevy. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm looking at it right now. Had a green trim on it or something? That sounds familiar. Oh, see, I always pretended it was the Joker's car. Okay. Because that was around the time when uh, um, that... The, the Was it 81 or 89 Batman? Was that when that one came out? The yep. Tim Burton yep. one? Yeah. So that was around then, so I would just play with that and pretend it was the Joker's car. I remember doing that. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I dug masks. I didn't get a lot of masks as a kid, but mm -hmm. I dug them because they were kind of close to Transformers. Right. Um, and I was I was more of a Transformers kid when it came to what I was watching on TV and playing with toy-wise. Right. If I was choosing between masks and Transformers. Okay. Yeah, I, like I said, I, just, I played with whatever was there. I, I just remember thinking, like, all of those toys were way cooler than the toys... That I had that I could buy in the store. That's because they were. Yeah, that's I I can totally agree with that because I mean, I, I, for instance, I remember I was big into like the Hal Jordan Green Lantern, mm -hmm. and I remember looking at not really that that's not a thought that you would really have, but um, I found like I said my my babysitter's uh, Green Lantern figure, and I remember thinking at the time, whatever the equivalent of that for my child brain was. This figure is way ahead of its time. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Not what? necessarily that, but 
Which line was it? Like from the superpowers line? I think it was this. I don't. I'm not sure. I guess it was like the Super Friends version or whatever. Yeah, but it had to have been the superpowers line, unless it was like a Mego Green Lantern. Like I think. Oh yeah, it wasn't Mego. Like I think you would squeeze his legs and he would kind of like that's right punch the ring out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the that was called the superpowers line. That was better than like every action figure that came out until also like, from our friends at Kenner, by the way. Yeah. Hey, remember Kenner and how awesome they used to be and you could get stuff? I'm sorry. I'm still confused as to what <laughs> happened with Kenner. Um, I, I thought just Hasbro bought them. So they didn't like squander away their, their fortunes and such as. I mean, that may have been part of it or there may have been like pictures that Hasbro had and they... Were able to buy them out cheap. Yeah. I don't. Maybe, I don't maybe know Hasbro just came in at the right price point. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like that Hasbro. I don't. The more that I look back at what Kenner was doing and and with different things here and there, mm -hmm. and the more I see what Hasbro has done since they acquired the Star Wars license and everything, and and what they do with a lot of their stuff, I feel like Hasbro is the big animal in that in that. Kenner was just a little guy that got bought out that was doing these maverick things that no one else would have done. Yeah. I heard that uh, Eric Bischoff was going to buy them, but once they found out that they didn't have the TV deal, that it That's right. that it fell through. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody so else had, gets that. Then you had your TNA <laughs> toys. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to everyone who's gone, what is he talking <laughs> Wrestling. It's a wrestling thing, guys. Right. You'd be surprised. Here's the thing. Yeah. There's a lot of your listeners right now who are like, I don't really like wrestling, but deep down they're like, they have an era of wrestling that they watch. Yeah. And they know probably know who Eric Bischoff is because the era of wrestling they watch was probably right there in the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. So I don't... Ugh, I really hate this guy, and I don't like to promote him too much, but I don't... Okay, I don't want to say hate. I don't hate him. I dislike how he lives his life. Um, that Max Landis kid, are you familiar with him? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, but he did uh, he did a video on yeah on it. I actually really liked that. On what on wrestling? The, on wrestling, yeah, yeah. He was actually a lot more respectful with the wrestling thing than he was um, the Superman thing or anything else ever. You know what? My thing with him is is he he starts out talking and he feels like he is smarter than you. Oh yeah, and I just I'm not a fan of that. I yeah. don't like it at all. Uh, well, and you know, the thing is too, you can always kind of play connect the dots and kind of realize like he's, he's been bashing on the force awakens and it's like, does this have anything to do with the fact that you wrote Chronicle, which was that movie for Josh Trank, who was going to write a star or direct a star Wars film and then had a falling out with Dis or with Lucasfilm and Disney. Would that have anything to do with your like Opinion? I think I don't know if he and Josh Trank are still buds or not, but okay. I do know that after the Fantastic Four thing happened and it was getting panned critically, mm -hmm. like very quickly, he goes on his Twitter and releases like two pages worth of a script that he had wrote for the Fantastic Four. Like this is what I would have done, All right? And it's like, why do you do that? That's your friend. Well, but see, here's my thing. But at that time, though, even Josh Trank said, like, well, this is, you know, the movie. I, you won't get to see the movie that I want to see. It was a great yeah, film. So was, I feel like I feel like that that was both of them trying to stick it to Fox. Yeah, well, good way to go, guys. You won. <laughs> Trank, you're in movie jail. Max Landis, you're still making YouTube videos. Welcome. <laughs> Millennials. Wait, I fall into that. Oh, well. Um, 
so you said so one thing that I, I had had on here to to bring up, but I guess that would have been right in your your hole of when you weren't getting anything. But the shadows of the empire. Ah, oh, shadows of the. Let me tell you, shadows of the empire. Let me tell you what I was getting with shadows of the empire. I was getting a soundtrack and a novel. Yep. And it was the coolest thing because, like, I started to get excited at the prospect that maybe a movie's coming. Yeah. Because they did everything with that but release a movie. But, yeah, I wasn't actually into the toys then. But I was. But I, the thing is, I was keeping up with everything. Mm-hmm. And so I was definitely watching what was coming and what was going on, you know. So I saw those things. And I have them now. I've got, look, good Lord, I've got five or six Lukes in his little disguise. Um you know, I've got Chewie with the flat top, and I've got a Dash <laughs> Rendar somewhere around here. So, I mean, I've got those figures. Yeah, the punk rock Chewie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's been 20 years. Has it? Think, yep. This summer, because uh, I was yes. looking it up, I, I found all the different dates, uh, or as close as, as I could find on them, but uh, they were released summer of 1996. That's true. Yeah. So I mean, that's right. Yeah, and it's it's so odd because I remember like, so let's see, I was ninety six. I was some age. Um, let's see, eighty seven. So ninety six. I was nine at that time. Mm-hmm. Is my math right? Okay. Yeah. So as a nine year old boy, I wouldn't think uh, at that time for me, like knowing me, that I would have thought that like that card you know we'd we'd only seen those orange backed cards but there was something about seeing those cards on purple with those like metallic uh, yeah things over. those look so cool yeah and I, like i got every one of them i thought that was so cool and uh which I've, I've told this several times but i'll say real quickly too i was so excited because when i found out oh more Star Wars is coming. I'm like, yes, this is going to be great. And it's like, oh, well, it's just, you know, we, we basically redid the VHSs, um, but they've got the, the face, like the character face boxes. Like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, okay, more Star Wars is coming. I'm like, yes, we're getting a movie. And it's like, um, no, everything but the movie. And then it's like the 97 rolls around. It's like, oh, we're putting movies in the theater. I'm like, yay. But it's the ones you've already seen. We're just adding, you know, really bad digital Java. Now, come on. <laughs> it's okay. There was more than really bad digital Java, but they did have that in there. So, um, I, hey, I had that VHS box and I watched the crap out of it. So, mm. <laughs> what? I just don't have a problem with the, with the special edition that a lot of people have. It's, so, here's my thing. I just personally, so I actually, and I don't know how to say this and not sound pretentious because oh, you're every, about to. there's no way to say it because every time I say it, someone's like, that's pretentious. I'm like, well, it's a fact. It's a thing. But I well, just say it and I'll tell you. If it's okay. So you can just, you can be ready with it. Um, like I actually, I didn't major, but I minored in film because I didn't need to try to get a real job, but that didn't work out either. Line. Yeah. So I, um, well, well, that was it that, that I, ma- I, you know, I minored in film. I majored in communications. Yeah, and well, I thought, that sounds pretentious. I think so. I don't think so, but everyone else thinks so. Um, but I was like, oh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna major in film because I need to get a real job. I'll do radio. Yeah, that worked out really well. Yeah. So, um, the thing is, for me, it's just there's from taking, I guess, from taking classes and stuff. Like at this point, it just feels 
dirty and unnecessary. And, you know, it's like, look, I love George Lucas. I will never, you know, I will never say anything uh, bad about him. I just disagree with the, the changes in the uh, special editions. Well, here's the thing. This is this man. This is a man who had a story to tell, who had an imagination. He wanted to see mm-hmm. these things on screen. Directors and writers are typically not the best editors. Right. But he and was, so though. when he had the power uh-huh. to put back in things the way he wanted them seen originally, right. including a scene with Jabba the Hutt, rather than having the, the understanding of, oh, this scene isn't needed because it's basically the Greedo scene just with Jabba. Right. Because um, it's the, some of the same, exact same dialogue is in there. Uh, it's just, it's, you know, he had the ability to go back and do his movie the way he wants to. You know what I never hear people complaining about? The Death Star Trench run at the end of the special edition. Yeah, see, I don't care for that either. I, well, <laughs> I really don't like I, I mean, thought it. I mean, it was de- it was definitely an improvement. I, I mean, I think, like, there's nothing wrong with it inherently. It's just the idea of the change. Because my thing is that, like, we went for 20 years without needing changes. But then all of a sudden, it's like... Well, you went with for 20 years without needing changes. Well, I didn't go for 20 I went years I wasn't born. Yeah. I went for 20 years without needing changes. <laughs> right. But the man who created it and the man who uh-huh. put it out there went for 20 years unhappy with the way things were. True. You know, he, he, wanted, he wanted his story to be told the way he wanted it told. Yeah. But, but also, I, in mm-hmm. doing those special editions, what it allowed them to do was start the process on cleaning up all that film so that it could be restored, so that it could be... I mean, like, there's so much that was done for the medium itself and what he was doing. And that's the thing mm-hmm. about George Lucas, is that regardless of what you think of his films or what people think of his films, everyone pushed the medium some way or another. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, even, even stuff that he was doing in the meantime you know i mean he uh, for instance like the uh, editing droid you know i mean talk about uh saying like you know not off uh directors or editors or whatever but george is a really good editor i mean and to the point that like i said he's created or, or at least i guess his company lucasfilm has created um stuff that's completely changed how editing is done and so yeah i mean like i said i will i i disagree with i understand you know hey he wasn't happy with this but um as far as everything else you know i i definitely uh so you hate star wars like you hate force awakens right okay good just like that (laughs) we understand we understand one another right (laughs) um but uh uh oh darn it's you know what and two like some of the other people, and and I felt so bad with the whole, uh, and, and maybe this is hitting, and maybe maybe I'm not supposed to talk about, it, and that's why no one else does. But the whole white slavers thing, like, am I the only one that got he wasn't making fun of Disney or, or talking about? It? He was talking, he was making a joke on himself. Did you watch that interview, like the actual full thing? I didn't watch the full thing. No. So what actually happened was, the so the the dude who was doing it was really trying to pull out. You know, like he was trying to get a certain response from George. Well, he got one. And, right. And George was being very playful and, um, you know, and he was he was not saying anything maliciously. But he said, well, you know, he's like, he's like, they're like, he's like, those films are like my kids. He goes, but you sold them. And like, like, like very accusingly, like, but right. you sold them. And he goes, yes, to white slavers. 
Like, as in saying, like, yes, that's right, I sold my kids. Not, yes, to, to Disney, who are the worst people ever. Right. right. He know? was being very tongue-in-cheek with what he was saying. But everyone else goes, oh, my God, he compared them to white slavers. It's like... Yeah, you know, it's... You, but you got to be so careful, because everyone's offended by everything these days. It's really bad. I mean, let's be honest, Michael. We live in a world where a group of people are so passionate about a defunct series of novels that they pulled together money to put a billboard in front of Lucasfilm that says, Bring Back Legends. Is that what it says? Because I can barely read it from the, the actual I've highway I've seen pictures of it. <laughs> it's, you can't even read it. <laughs> really? It's because they put too much type in, uh, in, in that space. You can't, you can't even read what it says. Now, if, I mean, like up close, sure, but if you're driving down the road, you can't make out what it says. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, you said so you, you Dear Lucasfilm, please continue the original expanded universe, the epic story that existed from 1976 to 2014. Thank you. Um, hmm. Let's talk about this. <laughs> Go for it. So they want the Marvel stuff back as canon? Uh, I don't think they do. Here's the thing. <laughs> no one wants the original expanded universe. Right. They want... Um, Thrawn Trilogy on. They want Thrawn Trilogy forward. Which was not a good book. I said that earlier. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. You were making a point. Come on. It was great. Uh, he, he used... Go in. If you have a digital version, go in and type the word sardonic. Mm-hmm. In the first book, he used the word sardonic 14 times. In the second book, I believe it was 15 times, and then he actually dropped it down to only 12 for the third book. Steve, there should never be the word sardonic used maybe maybe twice. Well, you've been pretty sardonic in this podcast. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> but he, And he uses it, and it's not even for like the same character. Like Every character said with a sardonic smile, and it's like, stop trying to pad your word count. <laughs> That's right. Call him out on it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, I just, I love the fact, I love the book. Listen, right. that book has such a special place in my heart. I love it. And and I think the story was, was on point. I think that he told uh, Star Wars better than... Um, better than a lot of the people that would come after him. Him and he to for my money, he and Kevin J Anderson understood how to tell Star Wars in a in a book form. Ooh. Um I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. And so as I as as the thing went on, it just became so bloated and so overdone. Mm-hmm. What I mean in, is that in, in that they knew how to tell Star Wars in, in a book form is everything it was fast-paced. Mm-hmm. It's not bogged down in over much detail. I could have done without hot chocolate. I didn't appreciate Obi-Wan Kenobi floating away in the first three pages of, of Heir to the Empire. But between the Thrawn trilogy and the Jedi Academy trilogy, you had stories that were told in a in a bing-bang-boom kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And all the one-shots were always a little weak to me. Truce at Bakura, the courtship of Princess Leia... Um, you know, and then we got into the era of kidnapping the twins. Oh, well, that started with Thrawn, though. That was in the Thrawn trilogy. That was the whole plot of the Thrawn trilogy. There were no twins. The twins weren't born during the Thrawn trilogy. Leia was pregnant. 
no, she she ended up having them during the Thrawn trilogy, and that was the whole thing. Is that because uh, uh, Jebe, Jebediah or whatever his name, um, Jaboris kill Sebaroth or whatever, mm-hmm. um, lispy clone guy, because uh, that's what he wanted. Was he wanted them for uh, um, to uh, as apprentices? Right, but he was going to get Luke for he was. That was when he realized he couldn't get Luke. Right. He was going for Luke first. But I'm telling you that what happened beyond that was, and you know this, mm-hmm. everything was the twins were kidnapped. The twins were kidnapped, except for the young adult series where we learned to love Jane and Jason because of their differences, you know, and which were very tropey. She was the mechanic. He was the animal guy. And then everything got to be nine and ten part book series. I don't know why we're going off on the expanded universe. <laughs> but I just, but here's the thing. Uh-huh. No one ever complained. Whenever they would re- retcon anything, based when the prequels hit and stuff had to start being retconned here and there. And let's be honest, Star Wars gave us the words sequel and retcon more than anything else, yeah. except maybe comic. I mean, prequel, not sequel. Prequel and retcon. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe retcon comes a little bit from comic books, but boy, it started really getting used with the Star Wars universe. No one ever said, "Let's try to shoehorn Marvel in here." Yeah. No one ever said, let's get Jackson the Space Bunny his his spot in the Star Wars canon. When people say the original expanded universe, they don't mean from 1976. They mean from 1992. Right. It's 2014. That's what bothers me about that, is that Marvel's going to get left out of the mix. So you, you want to put a GoFundMe to get the Jackson put back in? No, I think, I think look, free money. I mean, it's a free country. Spend your money however you want to. Mm-hmm. But if this is the cause that you're giving money to, if this is the cause that you feel like is the most, then you live a life so charmed and so blessed that you need to hit your knees every day and thank the force, thank God, thank whoever, that you live a life where your time and your energy can be consumed with getting a book company to start back up a series of books that was not selling as well as Aftermath sold for them. They hadn't had a Star Wars book be a legit New York Times bestseller in years until Aftermath hit shelves. Yeah. So what then? Yeah. You know, and and I know everyone, but it, it had just gotten bad. It had just gotten bad. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I, it's, I I'm very critical of, of the books, you know, and, and it's even ones that like. Uh, hopefully, Teresa doesn't hear this. Like the, the Darth Bane books, did oh, I know she loves those, but they're he, it's it's wishful. I mean, you want to talk about oh, raise a Mary Sue? What about Darth Bane? The dude was supposed to be a minor, and then all of a sudden he's controlling the world, and, and he knows more than everyone else. And I'm like, where's the where's the conflict? Sorry, I. I have issues with the... The conflict is with Darth Bane himself. But was there, though? I've never read those books, to be honest with you. I know the story. Yeah, it's Uh, just... um, I always... when My expanded universe, I like to stick with what was within the movies. You know, the characters within the movies. So after Return of the Jedi or anything between the prequels and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, there was some... Like, hey, there were some good ones. Like, I'm, I'm usually kind of negative about it because I'm so tired of going to Dragon Con every year. I am so sick and tired of having panels crashed by jerk faces who want 
uh, who, you know, it's just ridiculous that uh, they canceled this book series and uh, bring back legends. It's like, dude, drop it. So I, I have a little bit of a uh, uh, issue with that, I guess, is, is what's coming out. But I mean, hey, like Kenobi, great book. Kenobi was fantastic. I'll tell you one from back in the day that was really good was Dark Rendezvous. I am not familiar with that one. It's uh, it takes place after Attack of the Clones. Okay. It's very Yoda centric. Okay. And basically, Dooku sends Yoda a message that only Yoda would understand that he wants to meet. And so the whole thing is Yoda deciding whether or not to go meet Dooku. And when he does, mm-hmm. Dooku tries to turn Yoda. Hmm. And Yoda's basically, he's like, you know, the dark side will give you all the power you need to stop this war. You can have the power. And he's like, but can the dark side give me a rose? And I don't know why they use rose, but mm-hmm. that's the flower they use. That's one of, that's the other thing I have with some of these books. Right. Is either you're using too, too much earthly language or you're using language that you have to describe too much. Like calf the, and refresher. Oh, <laughs> anyhow. But anyhow, Yoda's like, can he give me a rose? Right. And Dooku's like, yeah, you can force anyone to give you roses all you... And he's like, no, 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 no. Can it create for me right now? He said, use your dark side. Yoda basically says, use your dark side to create me a rose. Mm-hmm. And Dooku says, well, that's not how it works. And Yoda in the whole... And, the, and there's like a, a few sentences describing just how Yoda's features become twisted and scary. In a, in a, and, and Dooku got a glimpse of what Yoda would be as a terrible Sith Lord. As Yoda looks at him and says, I want my rose. Hmm. And it's just this moment of Yoda understanding why he will never go to the dark side. And it's because of the, you know, the force and the light side being all about life. And, and that's what, and so it was, it's just a really cool thing. You get to see Yoda in the temple interact with people and kind of people talking about him like, why is he eating that? That's weird, you know? <laughs> I like him, but it's hard to eat lunch with him, you know, kind of stuff. So some mundane stuff that's not overdone right. because it's one novel. You got to get the story moved along. Okay. Um, but of course, this all this came out before the Clone Wars cartoon series, right? So, you know, I don't know where it falls. And that's the other thing I loved. I the whole gosh, we've gone way off collector. <laughs> that's all right. But the whole deal with with uh, with, with Karen Travis and stuff. Uh huh. The fact that this woman pitched a fit, yeah, because her characters and her stories were going to be contradicted by what was taking place on Clone Wars, and just threw a fit and said she wouldn't do it anymore, and it just got everyone all up in a tizzy. It's like you were you were doing a work for hire. You knew that when you came in, right? You know, mm-hmm. you knew that the man who created the whole universe has the right to come in and do with these characters and these stories what he wants to. And has done. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing, too, is, you know, if it was, if it was say, uh, way beforehand, like, like, let's say, for instance, with because they, I mean, the Thrawn trilogy was stepped on by the prequels. You know, th- things in the Thrawn trilogy don't match up to what's said in the prequels. Right. If, say, um, Timothy Zahn got upset, well, I can understand that, but, like, by this time... That was what almost uh let's see from basically ninety two to two thousand eight you know like that's that's quite some time after like what does she have like she should have known better mhm yeah so, yeah I, and and then to get all up in arms and just leave I mean to take your ball mm-hmm. and go home and be like, I'll never create for you again, well, good, yeah, 
I'm tired of people speaking. This is the, the, the Trekkies are trying to turn Star Wars into Star Trek. They're 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 speaking Man Mandalorian to one another, and <laughs> and I don't like it. Yeah, we, I don't like it one bit. Yeah, we need to keep nerds out of Star Wars. Wait, no, that's not. That well, wasn't where you were going with that. All right, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but no, talking about that, I really like Count Dooku. So, you know how everybody's like, the uh, the worst Star Wars film is Attack of the Clones? Right. I really like, I like, like I see its faults, I do. But I actually really like Attack of the Clones. You're just a sick puppy, aren't you? Not everybody says that. But listen, like Count Dooku was really cool. Like, it's a shame that we didn't get more. Like, yeah, we get him in, in the Clone Wars and he's cool. But, like, I really, really liked uh, Christopher Lee's portrayal. Like, I believe so much when he says, you know, I really wish Qui-Gon were here. I believe him. Mm-hmm. Like, I still, I argue that when people, oh, he's trying to trick him. No, I don't, I really don't think he, he was. I really think he legitimately meant that. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. I don't know. There's just so much depth there. Um, it was it was weird seeing him riding on his hover uh, moped later in the film, but I can forgive that. Like it was, it was pretty cool. So I uh, I think that the weakness of episode two is the mystery of episode two. I think that it, it Star Wars should answer questions, and as it answers questions, provide more. But it just left a lot of questions hanging. Mm-hmm. It introduced a lot of concepts that, quite frankly, never got cleared up within the movies. And, and some of it got cleared up in the Clone Wars, but Clone Wars shouldn't have had that impetus. Right. Clone Wars shouldn't have had to, to, to get things started off that way. You know, like, it, sh- it shouldn't have had to clear up things. Uh, it should have been that all this was answered in, in Episode 2. I will never forget the emotion that washed over me just from hearing a cane clicking on the floor mm-hmm. as Yoda's coming around the corner and you see a shadow and then just the the audience cheering and then Yoda going nuts and I look I completely I don't I don't to this day I don't necessarily buy the love story I have to really work to justify that love story but at the same time it doesn't cause me to dislike or dis or despise the movie. I don't think Hayden Christensen is necessarily a wooden actor. I think that there was a lot of choices he made that people see as wooden. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that his cadence of, of, of line delivery, not the timbre of his voice, but the cadence of his voice very much matches up with the cadence of James Earl Jones uh, circa Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. You know, the way that the way that the, the the end of his words will trail off a little bit. Um, there's that moment where he looks at Padme and she says, "It sounds a lot like a dictatorship to me." And he says, "If it works, yeah." You know, I mean, just yeah. imagine James Earl Jones in a mask delivering that line. You know, mm-hmm. the boy, the Darth Vader voice delivering that line. It sounds like Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. What you find out is that Vader has a bit of a wooden side to him, right? And that's okay, you know. It's it's that's that's him as a villain. It's that it's that slow, methodical way he speaks. And so I, I, I love the prequels and, mm-hmm. and defend them. And, and I like Episode Two. I do feel like it's the weakest of the six mm-hmm. uh, because it tries to be that middle chapter, and it just, you know, 
because of what happens in Sith and, and some questions not necessarily being answered here there causes it its weaknesses then to be a little bit more it the lack of answers in Revenge of the Sith sheds light too much on the questions of episode two. Right. And see, and that's where like Doug talking about how I'm different. Uh, if I was going to say out of the seven, the weakest is to me is Revenge of the Sith. Like I said, I know everyone else is like, what is wrong with you? But (laughs) I mean, it just, but I think, but but here's the thing. You say that, I think a case can be made for that. Yeah. It's in, because of, like you said, there's a lot of stuff that I felt like that was the one that should have been, um, everything should have kind of fallen in line, but by that point, uh, I guess there was just, it was too hard to do. I feel like Padme was absolutely terrible in that because she was, you know, for lack of a better term, she spent the entire movie barefoot and pregnant. Mm. And she just, she wasn't a character as much as she was a plot point. Yeah. So that's, that's my problem. And it, I mean, it had a I, lot yeah, of I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. And I, in fact, I was talking to someone off mic about it just this past weekend is, is mm-hmm. that, you know, the disservice that was done to Padme in episode three is that she's crying in every scene. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, um, and she's relegated to just being the baby maker. Yeah, and and that's the other thing too. Looks like going back to me trying to defend uh, Attack of the Clones from everyone. I think Attack of the Clones was the sh- the best that she was as far as you know her actually fighting in the um, in the arena and stuff like that. To me, I thought she was a much stronger character. I than- don't know when she looks at Qui Gon and them in Episode One's like, well, that's why we must not fail to get the Viceroy. Everything depends on it. I'm like, okay, Leia. You know, that's <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. I'm like, you're Leia's mama. You know, it, it, watching the very first time when she said that, I leaned over her friends and said, well, that's Leia's mama. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, one and two, I thought she was very well handled. In three, mm-hmm. uh, I think, and because I think there was so much that Lucas thought as he was doing those movies, well, I'll put this in three, this will get, you know, that when he got to three, there was so much that had to be in there. He's like, well, mm-hmm. we're just going to have to boil it down to Anakin's story. Yeah, yeah, and it's... I mean, that's the th- and like I said, th- these are like personal things for me. Um, mm. The the clone, you know, that was something that I was really excited to see about, um, and I felt like you know we had a really cool battle with the clones in uh, Attack of the Clones, and then come uh, Revenge of the Sith, I felt like they didn't they never fleshed them out or anything. Like Cody right. was kind of, but especially when you look at the uh, the Clone Wars, like Cody's and like he's cardboard compared to Rex and right. and the Clone Wars. So that was kind of a thing. I was I was expecting to see, you know, like you remember saying or remember hearing, okay, uh, Darth Vader wiped out the Jedi. So then seeing them all wiped out in a montage by clones, I was just like, oh. well, you saw you saw a few key generals wiped out. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I think I, I think it's been made clear from Rebels that Vader's had a pretty big hand in helping. And the line is, he helped the Emperor wipe down. He helped right. the Emperor hunt down and and destroy. Right. You right. know, so I think in Rebels we see that more played out. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not saying that like it's a a, a plot hole or anything. It was just that Thank that was my okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm just George. This is this doesn't work. How does Leia remember? No, um, there was a lot of disappointment when mm-hmm. and Lucas came right out and said, you know, Darth Vader as we know him is only going to be in the last few minutes of the film. Right. There was a lot of disappointment because I think a lot of people wanted to see him. And at least I had a dream, not a, not a physical like sleeping dream, but I my dream moment mm-hmm. was because there were so many things 
leading into this where there was echoes of what was to come. I just, I really felt like that what would happen is Anakin would have his turn and he and Obi-Wan would have their fight midway through, like end of second act, Anakin's down. Right. And, but everything's gone to pot, you know? Right. And, um, and Obi-Wan's back at the Jedi Temple trying to get some answers, trying to figure some things out, you know, everything's kind of destroyed and in ruins. And, uh, <clears throat> all of a sudden he hears the breathing. Mm-hmm. And he turns and here comes Vader stalking him, you know? Right. And and they clash sabers a couple of times, and then Obi-Wan just kind of has this look of realization on his face, and he says, Anakin. And Vader says, that name no longer has any meaning for me. Right. And I was like, oh, that'd be amazing, Steve. That You should write this movie, you know, and that <laughs> sort of thing. And then you have the conversation of there's still good in you, Anakin. I know it's still there. So that there's all this stuff that makes sense in... Jedi, because he says, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. He told Luke, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. We never see that in Sith. You know, we never see Obi-Wan thinking they're still good in Anakin. Um, we never see, you know, the, the whole line, you should not have come back in A New Hope. Well, okay, I, I can see where that fits in the Revenge of Sith, but that makes it seem like there was something between them after that fight mm -hmm. on Mustafar. Possible. I always, I always took it as like come back to society, right? Reveal you know? yourself. Yeah, I mean, right, I get right. that completely, but yeah. there's also the room there for me that there was something after Mustafar. That line coupled with Obi Wan once thought as you did. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, and, and some of those I think are just sort of like whatevers, or guess you know, like because there's some things that don't match up, and and I'm like, okay, I can I can kind of let that go. The, the the problems that I have is like where they're like, oh, Anakin, you know, I don't want to ask you to do this, Anakin, but we need you to spy on on the uh, on on the Chancellor. I'm trying to I keep wanting to call him Emperor, but that's not what he was at that point. Mm -hmm. But then when he goes to um, Mace Windu, he's like, a Sith Lord. It's like, yeah. Like, why are you so surprised by this? A Sith Lord. And I'm like, oh my God. See, that's the thing. Like, everybody wants to give Hayden Christensen such a hard time, but uh, Samuel Jackson did not turn in uh, even a stellar, like, I mean, even a decent performance. And I mean, I, once again, I liked him in Attack of the Clones, but uh, this was not great in, in Revenge of the Sith. You don't think Hayden? You're saying Hayden? No. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, Sam, what's funny is I think everyone wanted Samuel L. Jackson to be his character from Pulp Fiction as a Jedi. Yeah, but... And, but and when he wasn't, that's, you know, that's a problem. It is kind of... Here, listen. Mm -hmm. The thing in Revenge of the Sith that gets me is when they talk about going to, you know, Obi-Wan's confronted Grievous now, the Chancellor will have to lay down his powers, da 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 And uh, everything gets quiet. And Mace Windu says, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. The very first time I saw that movie, I almost yelled out in the theater, It's about time! <laughs> <laughs> Ten years ago, you had Darth Maul, 13, 14 years ago, you had Darth Maul show up as a Sith. Yeah. You knew there were two. Right. At, at what point do you have to sense there's a plot? To, if the <laughs> Sith are back, there's a plot to destroy the Jedi. Right. Doesn't take a lot of figuring. All right. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you. I, it's I, I don't know what he was doing, and <laughs> and like I said, I mean, some of it I feel like could even be 
more overlooked, but it's just how he delivers it. He's just like, like you said, a Sith Lord. I'm like, oh my God, did you even show up today? (laughs) Well, and the whole idea is is like they're supposed to be surprised that it's Palpatine. Right. What were you suspecting him of? Yeah, why why did you want to spot him? Well, we thought that he may have been downloading or like music illegally. Right. Like he no. was just trying to take too much power. Yeah. Fine, I get that. Right. And but. it's just oh my God. It, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna go watch Attack of the Clones. You know what, Anakin? I hate sand too. So really quickly, not uh-huh. to take over your show, no, no, um, you're fine. because I've got to run. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Sorry, I realized we got into that, and I'm like, I bet he probably does not need to be on here for an hour and a half. No, it's fine. I, everything I do, I do long form. Uh-huh. Um, I just was noticing, thanks to your notes, that Jedi News kind of has the rumored uh, Black Series for... Black Series Wave for Force Friday this year? Yeah, so, so that's going to be, I guess, what'll start their... Um, I guess their their new wave. I'm sure they'll probably change the packaging uh, for it at that point um, for the Rogue One. Uh-huh. So it's kind of interesting seeing what they have and, and what they had uh, marked because they had uh, Ray and BB-8. So I guess that's going to be a repack. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm wondering if they're going to throw in a lightsaber, kind of like how the uh, Elite series did. Did for Disney? Yeah, they may. I also think it's it'd be. I think that this is a response to the whole hashtag where's Ray. Yeah, but I mean, that was like a year ago. Like, I understand. <laughs> well, hey, Come listen. <laughs> These corporate types, they don't do anything quickly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's I don't I don't understand. But I also think Ray's still a viable character. I think yeah. Ray is the Luke where you can have her in Exactly. Have her in every wave and you'll be okay. Right. Right. I mean, because I mean they have put her out i feel like they should probably do because sometimes they'll do these filler waves so yep. for instance they did uh one of just snow troopers it's mm-hmm. like do you want to just ray she yeah. will sell it, it's that's okay. my thing is yeah. is like these characters that you know and i'm and i'm seeing more and more ray on the shelves by the way um you know so she's starting to kind of hang there and, and be available for folks but it's just a thing where it's like I don't understand why she wasn't triple packed or double packed, you know. Right. Um, along with uh, your Finn and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It just it's confusing to me. And why in the world is there still a Constable Zuvio <laughs> Black Series? I was, I was down huge. at Disney this weekend, and I was in the Disney store, and I was just kind of looking to see what they had uh-huh. Black Series. Shelves, two, three shelves of Black Series, Flame Troopers and Constable Zuvio. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, those Flame Troopers are, I mean, they're everywhere. They're like glitter in, yeah. uh, in stores around here. And I'm just like, I, I like the Flame Trooper. Like, I think that's a really cool design, but oh my God, I'm tired of looking at them. Yeah. You know? I don't need them. And it's uh, and honestly, uh, Phasma. I've been seeing a lot of Phasma lately. I've seen a lot of Phasma. She made she finally made her surge onto the shelves. So maybe at some point, Hux will finally show back up. Yeah, I haven't been able to find another Hux for you. I've, I've been keeping my eyes out. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I was I was lucky enough to grab um, Eloasti because I know he's the other one. And and here's what it is. And now, uh, I'm seeing a lot of him. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there's a ton of people looking for him. Um, there, there's a lot of people who he's probably actually more sought after than Hux 
But really, what happened was with that wave is I guess they all ended up in Hazelhurst, but they when they did it, here's my my thoughts on just kind of how companies do stuff and everything. I really think I would put my money on they owed uh, as a part of their contract or whatever they had to have a certain amount of figures put out um, by the end of that quarter or that year, however it's it's set up because. During that month, they dropped three waves all at once, mm. and that was in the middle wave. So, of course, that was the one that's basically like, look, see, we put figures out, and then they moved to the next wave. Right. So, that's what's made that that's one so right. rare. Yeah. Well, I'm seeing them on eBay not too marked up. I'm seeing 32 35 bucks. Okay, that's not bad. That's not a bad one. It's still more yeah. than I'm going to pay if right. I didn't have Right. But it's not a bad markup, which means that that's kind of where people are, are putting their ceiling at. Yeah, because it was, it was up around 50 bucks there for a while. and I was, I was disappointed that he's not someone that's coming back. I was disappointed that he died. Yeah, um, but... I, I, I wasn't... I'll take that back. I was disappointed until I really considered that I didn't like his voice. <laughs> you didn't care we for were it. really scared of putting in uh, alien languages this go around. Mm-hmm. There was that purple monkey at the resistance base that talked like a normal human. LOS, he's like, oh, but no damage. It's like, yeah. why is he talking that way? <laughs> Give it, just let me hear Muhari, Muhari, Muhari. You know, and I'm sorry, Nine Numb did not sound like Nine Numb. Again, my campaign is that this is not Nine Numb. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Ten Numb. So, I'm sorry, I would totally... No, it's fine. it's fine. Once again, right off track. Uh, Kylo Ren, they say he's got a new mold. What do you reckon that'll be, if that's true? I'm hoping that it's going to... Well, I don't know, because it is Hasbro. I was going to say I hope it's like the uh, actual face, like an unhelmeted, but then again, I, it might look... I bad. hope there's a removable helmet. I seriously doubt it. Even, even with... Um, now, if they did like a head swap, because they've done that before. Well, that's true. They could do the head swap thing. Because, I mean, like that Anakin that had two heads and everything, but I don't think they will. I think they're just I can't, getting you know, cheap I can't us. believe I missed the Anakin, by the way. You know what? I saw him a lot, but I didn't like him because... Uh, I did too. That was my thing. Yeah. And then I regret not ever picking him up now. Mm-hmm. Because I'd have him fighting with Obi-Wan. Yeah. Then that's ex- I was thinking the exact same thing, but I was like, oh, he kind of looks like Chucky from uh, when he got his face <laughs> cut up, and I don't really want that. And then later, I was like, you know, I kind of would like it, but I, I actually have two really nice. I have a uh, nice uh, Obi Wan and Anakin from the, in the three and three quarters scale, so I shouldn't I shouldn't be too upset about it. It's just the fact that you know I only want it because I can't have it anymore. Exactly, I think that's me too. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's it would be too hard for them to to actually put the helmet on and not look stupid. But they could do a that's head true, swap because you got to have that hair flowing out. That's right. Yeah. Why is why do I have another alarm? I guess you need to take that medicine, son. Yeah, that's telling me that I'm was bad. So, um, but also they're supposed to be doing a stormtrooper. Their Jedi News is thinking it's just your basic stormtrooper. So that's just a repack. Yeah. Um. But we're getting uh, also Jen Urso. They did not have a special name for her, which I thought was interesting. And then the other one they had marked as they're thinking it's Forrest Whitaker, but SEAL Team member male. Mm. So do they think that Forrest Whitaker looks like a SEAL? or are- I don't know. And I don't know if, listen, if, if they are calling any of these teams in Rogue One SEAL teams, then we have problems. Well, I just think it's their, their code names. Right. Or or they think that Forrest, like they're 
probably you know how like some racist people think that all of a race looks the same maybe they think that that character is being played by seal that's terrible no <laughs> i think i think that the forest whitaker's character's speculation on jedi news is part isn't it um yeah i think so yeah so I don't know. This could just be any a random. I tell you what would be cool is if it ends up being just a ro- a rebel trooper, black vest, blue shirt, yeah, white helmet thing, possibly. Yeah, I'm I'm also intrigued by the medical droid. Is that going to be a two one B? Oh, you know, yeah, I totally didn't put that. So that's what I was wondering. I'm like, is that two one B or is that going? Because I would, uh, dude, I would love to have me a two one B. Two, but. I'm wondering if that's not going to be the droid that's played by Wash. I can't think of it. Uh, oh, Alan yeah, Tudyk. yeah, yeah. So I don't uh, know. Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Um, I also would like to see, speaking of droids, we realize that we haven't gotten a six-inch 3PO right. Doesn't everyone realize that? Oh, he's yeah, he's coming. He He's going to be before that. Oh, really? Yeah, we've, we've actually already seen pictures of him. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, Who uh, is we? Like it's it's been out. I want to say they had it uh, like at a recent toy fair type thing or something. I, I didn't see that mess. I'll I'll find it for you because I'm not exactly sure where to look for it now. But after uh, after we hop off air, I'll I'll find it for you and I'll shoot it to you. Oh, I've I've Google food it, sir. <laughs> I think it's going to be in the wave with the uh, Adat driver and the snowtrooper. So he's going to have his red arm. I I'm a little bummed because I felt uh, uh really. Yeah, I felt like he should have had an interchangeable arm. Like, that's a missed opportunity to me. So. <laughs> I don't like the red arm, dude. Oh, you really don't? Mm-mm. I, I thought it was, uh, for for what its actual purpose was, I liked. Um, and then I also thought it played for a funny joke uh, at an opportune time. I guess, but I just did not like the red arm situation. When he, when especially when Abram said, "I wanted someone to be able to identify three PO from this time period." Right. Well, so and that's what I was saying. Like as far as its its point, I like that because it's kind of important that you can tell um, when they get back from Starkiller Base to the time that um, she leaves to go see Luke. Time has passed mm-hmm. because he has his gold arm back. So it's really. How long does it take to attach a gold arm or spray that arm gold? Well, apparently he was it's, running around without it for a while. So. Especially when you find out in that comic that it ain't nothing but primer. <laughs> that's true. That that's, not, that's not a painted arm. That that is just the color of the primer on top mm-hmm. of the metal. Yeah. And so all they got to do is find them some gold paint and paint that thing. True. True. But it's, I mean, the, the like I said, the point is that I th- it's supposed to show that, hey, she didn't hop back in the Falcon and leave again right away. That, right, that some right. time passed, even possibly a year or something. You know, like it's that long. We could have been. I don't know. I have no idea. No, because there's a scene cut from there that would have been Han Solo's memorial kind of speech by Leia. True. Hope is not lost this day; it's found. You're yeah. You're you're right, and that's probably where she hugged Chewie. Hopefully. <laughs> I don't know why people are getting so mad about that. I'm like, were people were people this mad? I mean, I know you were little, so you wouldn't know, but were people this mad about Chewie not getting a medal in the day? I know we joke about it that now. Became, but, no, that became yeah. a joke uh, down the road. That so, that became a joke um, as time wore on. It never became. It was never. I don't think anyone ever looked and said, "Oh my God, why didn't Chewie get a medal?" So, do you think, and if this was shown in '77, that people would be like, "Why didn't she hug Chewie? She should have hugged Chewie. What's up with that?" 
Mm, I don't know. Part of the reason the reason people have that complaint is because of the history that's there. I don't know. I think is that these are these are characters who should know each other. That she should the 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 problem is not that she didn't hug Chewie. It's that she hugs a girl she's never met in her life. But they're force sensitive. Okay. (laughs) Hey, so here here's one other thing, and then I'll I'll let you go because I know I've had you on here for a while, but. Um, so everybody's talking about uh, in that trailer, Mon Mothma, everybody's right? Everybody's talking about it. About Mon Mothma. About Mon Mothma in the trailer. <laughs> um, and how she looks the same. Am I the only one who's thinking that other dude is General Riken? I thought the same thing. Because I and I even pulled it up, and he has the the correct um. The, the little, I guess, the, uh, what do you call those things? Like rank insignia or whatever? It's the same. And, like, I was looking at him side by side. I'm like, this this guy's Riken. Like, this guy is, is supposed to be Riken, and nobody cares. That's I, all. Yeah, I don't, I, see, here's the thing is, I don't know that he's supposed to be Riken. Um, I don't doubt it, necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I think everyone's just like, who, I think everyone is just kind of looking and scratching their heads saying, who is what? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, we have no idea what's happening here. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at something right now, back to the Black Series thing. Okay. And and there's... Did you tell me there's a wave coming with an AT-AT driver? Yep. Does it also have Hammerhead? <sighs> oh, my gosh. I haven't heard about that. Okay, maybe this is just someone's own personal mock-up and digital rending of some stuff. Because I'm seeing a... A picture, I don't know where it is, it looks like just prototype packaging, and it looks like the old Black Series packaging, so this may just be someone's mess, but uh, there's like a AT-AT driver, a Hammerhead, a Gamorrean Guard, Commander Bly, mm-hmm. Wicket, and a Death Star droid. So I think this is just someone's mess, don't you? Oh, yeah, probably. You got me so excited. I would club a baby seal for a Black Series Hammerhead. That would be awesome. I would club a baby seal... For its sweet meat. <laughs> well, there's that. I'm too. kidding. I would. I would. I, I've. I've said, and I even tweeted out. Uh-huh. Uh, it's time for them to do a Black Series Ewok. Uh, don't you hate on the Ewoks? I dude, my, I will hang up on you. My right favorite. Now. My favorite film is Return of the Jedi, so I'm oh, not going to hate on the Ewoks. I just don't necessarily know that that's high on the list of something that I want in the I Black do. Series. Well, which ones would you want? Um. I, well, I mean, I think Wicket's the easiest one to go to, mm-hmm. but I'm also a big fan of the low gray. Right. Also, we'll take a Chief Chirpa or a Rumba. Okay. Uh, um, Tebow's always good. Anything. Who's the one that stole the speeder bike? I think that was Tebow, wasn't it? I can't remember, but I'll take him. Yeah. If they want to do one, they can do him. I just like the idea of Wicket. <laughs> That's well. They, I mean, there's six. You're only getting unless they're gonna have like a bunch of debris and stuff packed in there. Then they should give you a second one. Well, I think they should do that, or they should pack like a net with them in there, or a. Uh, oh man, there's the, the possibilities are limitless. I mean, you've got a little R two. I love the Black Series R two, by the way. You and me both, but apparently we're. Um, you gotta lim- be kidding. Yeah, me. a lot of people dislike it. Because I, I've been hearing that it's um, it's not accurate to the six inch scale, which I, surprises me. I've looked at it several times and it looks correct. 
from what I've seen. To what end? I'm sitting here right now looking at a picture of R2 mm-hmm. with a uh, six-inch Black Series Luke in his in his fatigues, in his uh, uh, X-wing suit rather, and R2 comes up to the right height and everything. Well, Steve, people on the internet know more than us, so I don't think they do. <laughs> they tell us that they do. So that I don't know. Me. That is disheartening. I'm I'm with you. I think that's a really good, especially for all the little odds and ends that he does. Yeah. I think that that's an awesome toy. But yeah, some people want to complain. You know what? Here's the thing, Michael. I'm not worried about what some people think. Okay. I'm worried about what I think when it comes when it comes to my collecting. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is as good a way to go out as any. So I'm producing your show for you. Okay. Yeah. When it comes yeah. to my collecting, I collect what I like. And that's what I'm, I'm going to do. And it doesn't matter. If other people don't like it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's their business to not like it. But for me and mine, you know, it's my business to like it. And I'm not wrong for liking it, and they're not wrong for not liking it. What people are wrong for is being jerks about stuff they don't like. Right. That's where it gets wrong. So I say all that to say this. Just be nice, everybody. Unless it's Batman versus Superman. I was not. <laughs> I wasn't saying you. I was. I was just. Saying, I am glad I people like Batman versus Superman. I'm just not in that camp. And I don't think people who like Batman v Superman are stupid, or have lost their minds. I just think that they like different types of movies than I do. Or they're in denial. It's just just throwing out other possibilities. So anyhow, <laughs> um. I'm just being quiet. No, no, that's fine. I because I, I really need to let you go. There was one other thing that I wanted to throw out, but yeah. I forgot it, so it must not have been important. All right. Are you brainless? Uh, I guess the one thing to do is definitely thank you for for coming on. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, that's actually uh, easily say you're my favorite podcaster for sure. I listen to everything except for Rock Out Loud, but I did listen to the Rock Out Loud though. Because that one, um, I won't tell Kristen that you don't like our show. It's um, just tell her to stop complaining about you doing on other shows. No, um, <laughs> it's not that. It's just that I um, I don't listen to music anymore. I really don't. Okay. All right. I I listen to like uh, forty hours of podcast a week, but I don't I understand listen to that. Music. I understand that. So um, you know, it's uh, and, and I just. But I, I like Led Zeppelin. I haven't listened to him in forever. But that was that was fantastic listening to that. And uh, I was like, ah, yeah, I used to really like Led Zeppelin. I mean, I, I still like them. I just don't listen to them. Uh, when the Levee Breaks is probably like one of the greatest songs of all time. Great song, great riff, great drum beat. Yes. John Bonham was the man. But uh, like I said, thank you for coming on because I know you do thank you. so many different podcasts. Because like I said, I'm I'm pretty sure I listen to all of them. Um but uh, I'll I'll go ahead and close us out. Um, so that's going to do it for this edition of Cloud City Casino. Uh, everyone listening, love to hear from you. So go ahead and email us at cloudcitycasino at gmail.com or, of course, tweet us at Cloud City Casino or head over to the Cloud City Casino Facebook page. Um, you can also go ahead and uh, find, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And while you're there, would really appreciate it if you would leave us a written review. That really helps us uh, helps people find the uh, the podcast. Uh, and then, of course, we are 
uh, at our home at StarWarsReport.com, where there's several other podcasts and uh, like the Star Wars Report that Steve's been on several times. Um, and Steve, you want to go ahead and plug your stuff and let people know where they can find you? The best way to do it is um, go to geekoutpodcast.com. Right. And everything is there. You can find all the RSS feeds and the iTunes links and everything else. Yeah. But um, you have to be patient on emails. That's right. (laughs) All right. Thanks again for tuning in, scoundrels. And always remember, let the Wookiee win. Uh, that actually went better. Normally, I have to do uh, a <laughs> good bit of editing to kind of tighten stuff up. But that... I'm a pro, sir. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if you know me or not. <laughs> uh, it's uh, the the talent with which I've been blessed boggles the mind. <laughs> oh wait, no, I'm not supposed to go heal Steve on you tonight. This party's over.